This is season six of the Team Roping Journals podcast, The Score. With over two million downloads, this is where Team Ropers talk. Hey everybody, welcome to The Score. Today's episode is a bonus episode that we're recording during Women in Rodeo Month. And Women in Rodeo Month is the time that we honor the absolutely phenomenal contributions of women in the sport of rodeo. Our team is very dedicated to making sure that uh, the entire industry recognizes how vital women's role is in the sport. And, you know, we are lucky to be cowgirls and to work in this industry and to have uh, the support of so many people. And this is just an opportunity that we like to take to shine a big spotlight on the women who have made a huge difference in the sport of rodeo. And of course, very specifically in the sport of team roping, breakaway roping, barrel racing, and calf roping. So today's episode is with, if you're going to do an episode on an influential woman in rodeo, you can't possibly do one without talking to Pam Minnick. I have wanted to have Pam on the podcast for about six months. Well, probably I should say a very long time because I've always admired Pam Minnick. But about six months ago, I was watching the Cowboy Channel or I like strolled through the living room and the Cowboy Channel was happened to be on and there was an NFR, don't know what year, it was from the 80s and I heard a woman's voice commentating the team roping. Uh Full disclosure, I wasn't around back then, so I didn't get to hear Pam, you know, real time. You probably, there were probably lots of people listening to this podcast who knew Pam had commentated the team roping. I, however, did not. Uh, So I was immediately impressed and in awe of her abilities and just in awe of how much she knew about team roping. Not that I didn't know that she knew quite a bit about the sport, but I uh, I didn't know she knew enough to be Joe Beaver before Joe Beaver was Joe Beaver. So, Pam, <laughs> thank you, uh, Pam, for appreciating what we do here at The Score because I remember once upon a time back when the BFI first moved to Guthrie and it was in June, it was, the, it was in 2020 during the COVID year, I had kind of plopped down in a seat at the at the arena at the Lazy E and sitting next to me was a woman and her husband and some friends uh some friends of theirs and I introduced myself and I said hi I'm Chelsea Schaefer I I'm so excited to meet you and it was Pam Minnick and her husband Billy and I got to sit with them for the entirety of the BFI and Pam can appreciate a great team roping as much as anybody. She has made the WPRA finals in the team roping. She was a Miss Rodeo America, of course, which we'll talk about here and how that gave her a kind of a a springboard into broadcast. She has been the vice president of the WPRA. She has such a massive list of accomplishments. Breakaway roper, uh, businesswoman, of course, a wonderful personality. Uh, Billy Bob's Texas. There's so many. To to introduce Pam Minnick seems silly because I feel like most people that are listening to this podcast probably know more about Pam than I do. Uh, She's she's just a legend and a pro and she seems to be involved in so many different things that I get to be involved in now. It is absolutely an honor to work with the one and only Pam Minnick. And so today's episode, we talk about her experience in the broadcast booth during the NFR, calling the play-by-play in the team roping, which I just admire beyond uh, any words that I can express. So thank you so much to Pam for joining us on the score today. 
Today's episode is brought to you by our women in rodeo sponsors, R. Watson Boots, Resistile Hats, and Mane and Tail. This is Women in Rodeo Month. We decided mm-hmm. to start doing it in September, especially, um, I would be lying if I said we didn't want to do it like at the time when the season's ending and there's a lot of hype around women, but a lot of times we don't even know what the breakaway girls are going to be doing in December. Like, you know, we we hardly yeah. get any information about. So that's why we started doing Women in Rodeo Month in September to just kind of raise awareness of the profound impact of women in rodeo. And I text you six months ago probably when oh. – or maybe even longer. I don't remember. But I had texted you at one point because I was watching like an NFR from the 80s maybe. Oh, I remember when you texted yes. me and you're like, I can't believe that you were calling the play-by-play. I loved it so much. It was so awesome. To, could you give me the rundown of how you got into that gig and like what you were feeling and thinking as you were commentating the team roping and giving play-by-play on the team roping at the NFR? Well, I'll go back to how I got, you know, I mean, the the way that I got into broadcasting in the first place, obviously, I had been Miss Rodeo America, and Mm -hmm. then when they, uh, in 1976, that goes back a long, long way, um, they were doing a rodeo called the Wrigley's Big Red Rodeo um, live on CBS. I mean, this is when there were three networks, you know, so you, and and the crazy thing is, also about, you know, you can talk about ratings and viewership and things like that. The ratings and viewership of rodeos on TV 35 years ago is probably triple or quadruple what it is now. But the difference is there were less choices. You know, you Mm -hmm. didn't have 400 channels so it was not uncommon even even later you know when we went to espn and then some syndicated rodeos and even tnn it was not uncommon to have 1.2 million viewers every single week and now if a show gets two or three hundred thousand viewers that's a lot for rodeo so it so um anyway that that's just a little backstory for you Uh um but anyway when they um they said hey we're doing this rodeo live on CBS and it was Donnie Gay, Larry Mahan, Jim Shoulders, and they and myself, would you do the, the interviews? And I said, sure. I mean, I had no training other than the fact that I had been Miss Rodeo America and I'd been on the other side of the camera being interviewed, but I knew the sport. I mean, I'd competed, you know, since junior rodeo days so yeah and um other than the riding events i knew i mean you you just when you live it you know it it's not it's like you you don't have to be told what's going on in the bronc riding you know it you Mm -hmm. know i mean when you when you live the sport you you know the intricacies so um and and looking back um i if you i think now i would be more nervous well maybe not now but maybe when i was you know Mid in the middle of my life, I probably would have been more nervous if somebody would have stuck a microphone in my face and said, "We're live on CBS." Uh, you know, um, I probably would have been more nervous now than I was then because what you don't know, you know, is sometimes ignorance is bliss. Anyway, so my very first telecast uh, of rodeo was live on CBS. You know, oh so, wow, uh, that that was kind of crazy. And then, um, and then the next year. Uh, 
started doing a few more rodeos. That's when they had the Blair Pro Rodeo thing. That's that iconic photo of me and Tolman and Larry Mahan with mm-hmm. Kurt Gowdy, you know. And so started doing those rodeos. And then in 1980 was when ESPN was formed. And uh, we did about eight rodeos a year then. And during during all this time, I mean, I, I team roped probably as much as I ran barrels. I ran barrels in the turquoise circuit and um and i was the turquoise circuit director and vice president of wpra so i obviously my my sure. my biggest focus was on barrel racing from a competitive standpoint but from a pleasure standpoint we you know i team roped i lived there in chandler and alan bach lived across the street clay o'brien lived down the street i mean it was uh it, it was real easy and that was before there was a numbered system so everything was about mixed ropings and uh and mixed ropings were a real big deal in arizona mm-hmm. so i lived team roping so when we started when i started doing the nfr when you look at the broadcast team if you've got bob tallman hadley barrett randy corley and me i knew more about team roping than <laughs> three of them combined so I didn't I wasn't really intimidated to yeah. give my opinion and um and so uh so anyway so that's I I didn't even think twice about it I hope I didn't make any wrong calls but I felt like I did a pretty you know and and it and truly team roping um was kind of like not it didn't get the spotlight that the yeah. other events did and so to to try to explain it to those that were watching if they didn't understand. I didn't want people to think that just because you missed meant that you weren't good. You know, I wanted to give the reason why, you know, and, um, you know, on a headshot or a heel shot. So that was, that's kind of how, it's a long story for how it came about. I'm going to take a break right now to tell you about one of our sponsors, and that is our Watson Boots. At R. Watson, they're called to pass on their rich heritage to future generations. It's not business, it's personal. It's their love of the outdoors, their endless dedication to craftsmanship and trade, their tireless devotion to putting people before profits, and it's who they are. And it's not easy, but it is worth it. R. Watson Boots was started by Randy Watson, who built a career over the last 40 years. He's led boot companies all across the industry. And wow, do his boots have some pops of color. They are high quality boots worn by people, some of our favorite legends like Larry D. Guy and Hope Thompson. And R. Watson Boots, you can find them more at rwatsonboots.com. Randy came to us because he was looking for a way to support women in rodeo in a bigger way manner. He is passionate about women's sports, very passionate about where women fall in the grand scheme of rodeo, and he understands the need for women to have the kind of boots that will support them in all of their cowgirling endeavors. So learn more about them at rwatsonboots.com. I know that. That's why I called you, Pam. I wanted I wanted that long story because I just I, I wonder has that have you have certainly way more broadcast knowledge and way more uh, background on the broadcast side of things than I do. Has anybody have has there been another woman to call the team roping at the NFR since then? No, I'm yeah. not to my knowledge. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I don't think I know I- that. I know that most recently Kate Harrison has done some. 
of the uh, play-by-play. Um, but, and I think she did it at the American, so she might have done uh, Team Ruffin, but not at the NFR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like as much as I could chatter about team roping with anybody on the phone or talking to them about it, um, but I think I'd be mortified to talk about it live. I don't think I'd be able to. I I think it would. I think it would be tough. And I so I and, guess and and I'm and you know that's when I look back, you know, and I didn't even think about it until you brought it up. Um, you know, a couple of months ago when you were watching that thing, and I was like, oh, I I might be more self conscious now. But mm-hmm. at the time, you know, my focus wasn't on me and being, you know, what uh, my focus always in any interview that I've ever done or or the play by play is to make sure that that I'm shining a light on on uh, on the person, you know, the subject, whether it's the rope or in the arena or the person I'm talking to. So I I don't even think I thought twice about it. Now I would be like, oh, my God, was was that correct? Because the last <laughs> thing I want to do is ha- have somebody say, you know, I'm certainly not going to give a Walt Warder breakdown of it. You know, like yeah. you need to just bottom strand on the ground. But <laughs> um, but I felt like I gave the audience, a, you know, a good explanation of why why a guy, you know, and I think one of those runs, you know, somebody got flagged out for an illegal head catch, which, you know, I mean, same type of deal. You want to try to explain it to people because, you know, stuff happens. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love it. We're going to take a break here to talk about another sponsor of Women in Rodeo. That is Resistall. Resistall has been a partner of the Team Roping Journal and our sister brand, the Breakaway Roping Journal, since the start. Resistall believes in the role women play in rodeo as a legendary classic hat brand. There is nothing more legendary and classic than the cowgirl. And so Resistall has hats for every kind of cowgirl, no matter what arena you are in, no matter what your style, what your fancy is, straw, felt, every variety, every size, every type of hat that you could want, you can find at resistall.com. Now, has there been, since we're going broad in history too, has there been a iconic event or your most favorite thing that you have ever done uh, that you've ever hosted or, or done the broadcast for? Can oh, you say gosh. a favorite? I, well, I mean, I think doing um, when I, one of the years that I did the NFR when it was still in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. I actually was in the arena calling the action live in the barrel race. And there's pictures of me, and if you look in some of the videos of those, you know, 1978 or 19, yeah, I can't remember which years I did it, but um, uh, I was down by the flagman, by the electric eye, calling the action of every barrel racer from in the arena. <laughs> and, and I look back at that, and I'm like, oh, my God, that, that was... But when, you know, when you, ignorant, like I said, ignorance is bliss sometimes, <laughs> you know, but I look back at that and I'm just like, oh my goodness. I did, there's a picture of me interviewing Roy Cooper um, and he had his son Clint beside him and Clint was like about six, I think. And, you know, Clint's mm-hmm. a grown man now. Oh yeah. With his own kids. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and, um, and my interviews were right there, you know, on the arena floor and, uh, uh, not 
not in this you know not where they are now on the on the side of the arena they were right there on the arena floor as the rodeo is going on and yeah. so you know, things, things, things have, that's before they tightened up all the security <laughs> at the arena. <laughs> and there was a lot more room in the, uh, in Oklahoma City to, to be in the arena than there is the Thomas and Mac. <laughs> there is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. True story there. Yeah. Now, what, um, what do you think has been the biggest shift for women in rodeo in your career? How do you think you've seen the wo- woman's role, a woman's role in the sport shift? change well i you know obviously the the biggest thing that happened i think was when barrel racers got equal money Mm -hmm. and and by barrel racers getting equal money and shining that big spotlight and having somebody like charmaine james go 10 years back to back to back to back to back Mm -hmm. just incredible was on one horse oh by the way and then come back and win it again and then you you know have other barrel racers that really uh, I mean, it's obviously a crowd-thrilling event because uh, it's easy to understand. The fastest time wins, there's one penalty, you know. So mm-hmm. e- even the first-time rodeo fan can walk out of there feeling like they knew that what the heck was going on. But because of that and because of the popularity of barrel racing and because of the crowd appeal, that's where the breakaway got to be fast-tracked. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, uh, you know, you look at something to go from zero to 60 in 2.4 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Breakaway did, but it wasn't all just because of the merits and the excitement of Breakaway Roping. It's because of the great foundation that was laid by barrel racing and the excitement of that event, I believe. Mm-hmm. What is your hope for the future? What What do you see as the, as the next steps, Pam? Well, and um, I can't wait for the day that a woman qualifies in the team roping. And it, there's been some that have been, you know, yeah. close. But but that would be, um, I know that there's several ladies that have made their circuit finals and even won their circuit finals. But from a women's standpoint, um, I always say to people when we talk about team roping that um, that it's, it's skill rather than strength, and um, and I think that women can compete heads up with a man in team roping. The the only thing that separates them is the fact that most women have got forty two other balls that they're juggling instead of just loading up a horse and a rope and going down the road. Amen. And I think that that's <laughs> the thing that that has kept women from getting to the NFR. I don't think that it's skill at all. Uh, absolutely, I. I... I cannot relate to that statement more other than the fact that I also don't team rope at all. But I do (laughs) relate to the 42 balls in the air statement. One more sponsor to thank for Women in Rodeo Month, and that is the original Mane and Tail. It's a hair care solution for longer, stronger, fuller, thicker hair. It is the OG horse hair product. I know that I had that for my first pony when I was a kid. Straight Arrow created the original mane and tail shampoo and conditioner specifically targeted for show horses with long flowing manes and tails. The formulas were outstanding and soon the line took off with the equestrian folks with one very important twist, the horse to human factor. Soon the secret was out and consumers everywhere were reaping the benefits that were so coveted by the horse owners in the know. 
The shampoo formula contains high lathering and ultra cleansing agents that are fortified with moisturizers and emollients to help leave hair soft and clean, followed by the conditioner that helps nourish and aid healthy hair growth, leaving hair looking lustrous and silky. These micro-enriched protein formulas help to prevent hair breakage and repair split ends, achieving the goal of longer, stronger, fuller hair. The results are unbelievable. There is still an underground rumor that mane and tail encourages hair growth. And imagine the rest is history. Find out more at maneandtail.com. That's mane, the letter N, tail.com. For sure. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, well, very good, ma'am. I appreciate you giving me the time, Pam. It's I've wanted to visit with you about that since I first saw it on the, and since we first plopped okay, down so next I'm to each turn other. Turn the yeah. tables on you, so you didn't when you first heard me doing that, you didn't laugh and roll your eyes. No. Oh my gosh. Okay. No. I was <laughs> I was so empowered immediately. Like I I am so well. You know, like I just, like I said I can't I've never been a broadcaster that's not ever been my game plan or part of my goals and so talking on camera in general about if you asked me to talk about the color of the sky I think I would stutter but team roping is something I think which it's funny we're like talking on a podcast about team roping that I talk on every week but like I just ask questions I don't make statements usually about team roping um and so the fact that you were owning it and kind of saying what you know, where as opposed to that is something that I didn't realize until I saw you do it, until I saw you saying what you know, how absolutely self-conscious and how little I actually say what I know to anybody <laughs> about it. Like, you know, if you, when you and I plopped down next to each other at the BFI on accident, I could talk to you about team roping. Like I could tell you everything I knew or spill useless team roping knowledge. But to do it where other people might be like, who does she think she is talking about yeah, team roping? Yeah. That, that's why I was like, so tell me the truth, Chelsea. No, I, did, <laughs> I promise you, I did not think that. But that's how I feel as if I would feel about myself yeah. <laughs> if I were yeah. talking about team roping. <laughs> yeah. And team roping, you know, even though I've kind of branched out into showing horses for the last four years, but team roping, you know, I've got five horses in my barn that are all rope horses. Mm -hmm. um, because that's still really my jam, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and 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 now that I've been judged so much in these horse shows, I realize how much nicer it is to let the clock do the judging. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It, it's funny. I, you know, and and you've done. You're further, so much further along in your career than I am, and have done so much more. I had. Caesar called and asked me to be on his podcast and I was like me for what and he was like Eric we want you to tell tea roping stories and I was like what you no you don't care about my tea roping stories like I it was it, it's just a it's funny to have the we are I don't know we we yeah. do we play different roles for sure yeah, as far exactly. as this industry goes yeah. and I think the more that you um can pretend that nobody else is listening the better you are but you know looking back i'm i'm sure that that a, a professional like a joe beaver or 
you know, Walt Woodard or somebody like that would be listening to my commentary and going, that's not exactly right. But at the time, I didn't worry about that. So that's the good thing. I uh, no, I, I love it. And, you know, gosh, well, a good thing they didn't have Facebook or anything back then, too, because uh, oh, they could be, yeah, they could really tear us apart. They could be very <laughs> cruel, but I think people are cruel enough to Joe <laughs> as it is now. So I think you I think uh, they would have definitely torn a woman apart for sure. But uh, maybe someday again, they won't. Maybe someday there will be another girl who's not scared to be uh, to commentate yeah. the team roping. And, and I think if you if you live it, you know, that, yeah. Um, yeah, and and we've been really lucky when you think about. I remember. I don't know if you remember, like about four years ago, when Lisa Lagasher was Miss Rodeo America. Yeah. Um, and one performance at a rodeo, there was no team ropers, and so she, as Miss Rodeo America, had this steer, and I can't remember who healed for. Her. But I mean, that's pretty damn cool. So. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, thanks for all you do, my dear. Thank you so much, Pam. I am, I am going to, I, I believe my kid's carpool ride just uh, ca- tried to call me, so I think they are here, so I better go. Okay. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Pam. Bye.